0: All across the fantasy universe, all the way down here into the man cave. Pull up a stool, folks. It's time for the two-point stance. I'm Brian Drake on the old Twitter machine at Drake Fantasy, joined as always in the stance by the managing editor of fantasypoints.com, Mr. Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. What's up, buddy? Man, look at you rocking that Phil's hat, staring dudes down. Like oh yeah! Partner. Wait a minute, there we go.
1: Nineteen eighty World Series there before my time, but my mom was there, so uh, I thought I I thought I'd do a little throwback to that there.
0: Man, how excited are you watching these Phils play as every other favorite starts getting knocked off here in the playoffs?
1: No, the Phils aren't the favorite. I mean, they are now because they're up two one, but they're not a favorite. Um, no, it's just been wild, dude. Like, and I know we're this is a fantasy uh, football podcast, and if you um, if you're listening to this, you already know what happened in last night's game. We're not posting this until Friday morning, and Thursday night is game four of the series. So a very different Dolan, and more more excited or more distraught. Um, Drake, I don't know if you've seen the meme. Um, somebody on Philly Twitter came up with it, and there there is only two modes of Philly sports fans, cocky and distraught. There's no in between. There's no rational n- rational. It's either you are the greatest team of all time or you're the worst team of all time. And and I can't believe I follow this team and I want to die and all that stuff. No, that's what uh that's what and I think that perfectly encapsulates the Philly uh, sports fandom. But anyway, um, I've been enjoying it. Um, Braves fans have been absolutely whining about the playoff format, ab- about legitimate sports reporting. I don't know if you've heard this, like, o- Orlando Arcia Bryce Harper stared him down because like. Arcia basically laughed in the Braves' locker room about Harper getting thrown out to end the game. Well, somebody actually reported on that because it was an open locker room, and he said that, and they're all like, "Why are you saying, it? dude? That's the sports reporter's job. If you didn't want them to hear it, don't say it." Um. So anyway, that that's that. Uh, because I I don't want to say too much right now because if you're listening to this on Friday, which is when this podcast is coming out, I might be on the distraught side of the cockier or distraught uh <laughs> angle here. Uh, as a Philly fan, so uh, we'll yeah. uh, we'll, we'll 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 see what happens uh, tonight in tonight's game. Um, and obviously, wow. the,
0: Thursday, the Thursday night football game is over by the time you listen to this, so we're just going to preview the weekend slate, right? Yeah, I was going to say, wow, what a great or awful Thursday night game that was last night. Can you imagine what did or didn't happen? <laughs> what a game for Russell
1: Wilson or Patrick Mahomes, maybe both. I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to the the
0: uh, the front uh, the Sunday slate now. And let's kick things off over in London. It's these London games never cease, folks. It seems like there's always a London game now. And I see they're they're trying to go to uh you know Spain and Brazil. It's every team is just gonna move overseas at some point. The Ravens and the Titans are gonna kick things off. 9 30 Eastern Time in London. Uh should be a, a fun one over there. Uh let me look at the line here. It's Ravens minus four. So we always on this show like to talk about. You know some of the things we see or want to see in the games from a fantasy perspective. We always find some good nuggets from the different fantasy points articles that have been placed throughout the week. One of the things that I really want to see, Joe here, and I want to get your feeling on, is this Derek Henry Tajay Spears split. Yep. And uh, boy, I mean that that train is kind of rolling down the track here, and uh, you know the writing's on the wall that. Spears is eventually going to take this backfield over. It's you know we're still going to have some Derrick Henry games, but but I'd love to have Spears on my roster right now. And if you can get him off somebody else, I would definitely go do that. What do you do if you have Henry? Uh, well, I, if you have Henry, you play him. I mean,
1: like, what else are you supposed to do? Because if the Titans win the game, he's probably going to have a huge game. The thing here, though, and Scott Barrett's been harping on this for years now. It feels like he writes it every single week. But Derrick Henry is like the single most game script dependent fantasy player of all time. He, in, in games in which the Titans win, he basically hit 2018. 17 fantasy points per game and wins, seven and losses. 2019, 24 and wins, 13 and losses. 2020, 24 and wins, 12 and losses. 2021, 27 five and wins, 18 and losses. That was a hell of a year. Last year, a great year. 23 and wins, 16 and losses. This year, 21 and wins, eight and losses. Those are Derrick Henry splits. They are underdogs, so it's not a great week to play Derrick Henry in DFS. It is a great week to play Derrick Henry in in season long because what else are you going to do? But if you're looking for a flex this week, Tajay Spears, he's a guy who's been regularly out snapping Derek Henry. A great option this week with the Titans as underdogs. By the way, Traylon Burks will not play in this game. Uh, he's nice not going to play. No,
0: so you're really going to want to fire up DeAndre Hopkins if you're playing DFS. You might want to. Well, I mean, it's a you know it's the early slate. I think he's he's in there anyways. Great nugget from our guy Chris Wecht on the season. DeAndre Hopkins now ranks top ten in xfp and if you don't know what that is go back through the podcast feed i just did a pod with scott barrett called the everything report we break it all down in there so he's top 10 in xfp uh air yard share target share and first read share he's also 11th in yards per route run and top three in targets per route run i mean they're they're feeding the ball to deandre hopkins so if you invested in him joe he's coming through for you yeah,
1: and uh, our our guy Steve O'Rourke, one of our uh, data charters who obviously does the Take Talk podcast with Brett Whitefield and Chris Wecht, um, he said he watched the Uncharted the Titans game. He thought it was the best Hopkins has looked in over a year. So uh-huh. I think it's a good matchup. Um, The Ravens have some injuries in the secondary. I think Hopkins is a borderline, uh, probably more of a wide receiver, too, just by the nature of this offense, but somebody who is not sittable in an average league.
0: Everybody's talking about Zay Flowers this week. Oh, trade for Zay Flowers. I was a guy two weeks ago. I was telling people trade away Zay Flowers because he's just this, you know, short A dot guy who's an extension of the run game. The question here, Joe, can he score? His A dot has come up to a respectable level after weeks one and three. They were abysmally small, but he still hasn't finished inside the top 20 of PPR wide receivers since week one. So you can't run on the Titans. We know that. Can we get a receiving touchdown from Zay Flowers this week? Yes. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. Flowers is going to... <laughs> Lamar Jackson's playing really well, by the way. I
1: saw some people blame last week on him. I'm I'm not blaming it on him. They had awful drops in that game. I think Lamar Jackson is playing extremely well, and I think Zay Flowers gets in the box this week.
0: That throw, he had a couple bad throws. Man, throw a little, uh, he was trying to throw a, a jump ball to Odell Beckham. I mean, don't do that. Odell Beckham's older than I am. And, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. All right, let's move it on here. Commanders and Falcons. This feels like a game that should get shipped to another country. Uh, Falcons, two-and-a-half-point home favorites right here. From Jake Tribby's DFS Study Hall article, Washington has the league's second-highest pass rate over expectation. Sammy Howell's dealing, folks. I mean, geez louise, he threw 55 straight passes last week. So he's a legit streamer. And Logan Thomas is the tight end seven by XFP per game, he's the tight end eight in air yards and the tight end nine in receiving yards per game. So he's a value if you want to play him on DraftKings at tight end fourteen. only thirty five hundred. I think if you're struggling in a season long league, you might want to take a shot on Logan Thomas this week. I picked him up and started him about an hour before the game last week in one of my leagues, and a lucky bastard.
1: Him. I'm rolling lucky. with him this week. Um, look, uh, the Falcons, and here's another reason to roll with Logan Thomas and maybe even Curtis Samuel. Look last week against the bears. Um, the commanders game plan was atrocious. I know they got behind 17, nothing, and I don't think you go into a game against the bears expecting to fall behind 17, nothing. Um, but 55 consecutive dropbacks without a designed run for the commanders. Uh, which I believe Nathan Yankee posted that that that's a record in the pro football mm-hmm. focus era since 2006 uh, just a horrible game plan again for a sack magnet like Sam Howell but here's the deal he threw 51 passes and 10 of them total were targeted to Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson five apiece both of those guys had been especially Dotson very big disappointments for fantasy purposes um and the Falcons perimeter corners, A.J. Terrell, Jeff Okuda might be one of the most underrated corners in football right now. Per our metrics, he's allowed just .06 fantasy points per coverage snap. On uh, on 65 coverage snaps, Akuda has allowed two catches for 22 yards. And then, of course, on the other side, A.J. Terrell is one of the top corners in football. So all the more reason to go after Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel in DFS this week.
0: Yeah, Atlanta, uh, to perimeter-wide receivers, 22.5 fantasy points per game allowed. Uh, That's like fifth best. Uh, You know, they're they're kind of stingy out there. Great nugget here from Scott Barrett's Everything Report. Tyler Algier averages 17 touches per game in wins. You talk about game script-dependent running back, but only 8.5 in losses. So the Falcons, they're favored here against the Commanders this week. He said, uh, Brian Robinson, he's a guy he likes as a DFS play. He's got a really high XFP market share when they're ahead, uh, but not so much when they lose. So we got, you just got to play in Vegas here, Joe. Whoever you think wins, you know, play the running backs accordingly. If you think that Atlanta is going to lose, we're going to play Bijan and we're going to play Brian Robinson. If you think Atlanta's going to win, maybe you sneak Tyler Algier in there. I thought Tyler Algier was going to be a guy I could play just weekly with. Uh, Bijan but I don't think that's the case anymore
1: no it's not it's it's just one of those things like I I think if you need him for a flex you just hope he finds the end zone uh Bijan Robinson still does not have a rushing touchdown this year uh does have two receiving touchdowns including the butt catch last last week uh (laughs) caught that ball of his butt cheek um Bijan's the guy you play but Algier look they're favored in this game so uh, maybe you can go give him a shot
0: were you encouraged by what you saw from Desmond Ritter? I mean, he's just kind of buying time out there. I still think he stinks, but he, he i mean, he had the he best game of his career. Yards.
1: I don't know. Yeah. What does encouraged mean? Like, I was encouraged, and we'll get to this game. I was encouraged by Justin Fields, too. I'm not sure how real it is, but it was certainly better than what we've seen.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Fields. That's the next game on the docket. He's home against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, with all of their issues, the Justin Jefferson going on IR are two and a half point road favorites. So let's start there. Get your initial thoughts on Justin Jefferson going on IR. Uh, you know, I can give you this nugget here from Chris Wecht uh, about Jordan Addison earned 27% of the Vikings' first read targets after JJ left last week's game. So 27% first read target share, uh, that's the highest for Addison all season, right? Mm-hmm. And now 35% of the first read targets are up for grabs with Justin Jefferson going out. So it's Osborne, it's uh, Hawkinson, it's Addison. When I talked to Barrett yesterday, he's not a KJ Osborne guy at all. Where he's do you the fall on?
1: He's the worst receiver in uh, in yards per route run um, in, in this, this year. And, look, I, I think Addison's going to get the job done. Uh, I, I think he's more of kind of a wide receiver, too. Um, the Bears' pass rush isn't any good. Here's the thing to watch, though. Um, the Vikings have our number five pass grade of the week at fantasy points data. And what that does is it basically measures an offensive line's average time to throw vis-a-vis how much pressure they get versus the same um, stat for the defense. The Vikings have a top five um, uh, pass pass grade this week, um, but Kirk Cousins is losing his first read, um, and Justin Jefferson's the primary first read in this offense, one of the alpha first reads in the NFL. So is Kirk Cousins going to have to hold the football a little bit longer, or are they going to change completely how they play? That's a matchup I'm looking for, but I think um, – uh, that Jordan Addison is absolutely a wide receiver, too, uh, in this matchup. Uh, I think Osborne is a, certainly an ad because they might have nothing, um, no choice but to play KJ Osborne. But Addison's the guy who has looked impressive to me. He's looked the part since week one to me.
0: Addison ran 85% of his routes out wide after Justin Jefferson left. So, uh, you know, if you can make a trade uh, late in this week, maybe you, you try to. Get a piece of Addison on your roster here. Switching over to Chicago, you know we're watching the backfield. Will it be Deonta Foreman? Does Roshan Johnson clear the protocol? Uh, I don't. I don't think he does. From you know news today, uh, or does maybe we just see Justin Fields just run the crap out of the ball himself? Joe, do you feel comfortable starting Foreman possibly against this Vikings team that actually isn't that bad? They're twenty no. fifth yeah. in points allowed to running backs, so they're actually kind of stingy.
1: Yeah, Rashawn Johnson's still not practicing. I know we don't expect Khalil Herbert to play in this game. Foreman, I think he's kind of like an RB, too. Um, You would think Justin Fields helps open up running lanes. Fields has obviously played two pretty good games in a row. Again, I don't know how real that is, but it's certainly encouraging. Um, and Foreman, I think, is a guy you, a lot of people are going to need because of injuries and buys at the running back position. So mm-hmm. comfortable, not really, but... Do I think he's going to be started in more leagues than not? Yes, I do. Well, uh, presuming Rashawn Johnson doesn't play.
0: Only two buys this week. You mentioned that Packers and Steelers. Next week, oh boy, we're going to have some fun because there's a ton of teams off. That That's, uh, a,
1: that's always a catch-22 for me because we have to do a, just a little bit less work, just preview fewer games, but also we have a lot more work to do on the waiver wire, so uh, you get some skanky questions you have to answer.
0: The Bengals bounced back last week. They finally looked like a real... Uh, you know, NFL offense. It look like the Bengals that we know and love from the past few Joe Burrow years. They're two and a half point home favorites to Seattle coming off a bye. You know, we called it here on the show. I, I at least, you know, that was a clip you that did. I had put out on Twitter. Burrow, 303. He went and got it. Chase goes nuclear. Jake Tribby noted week five was Burrow's best time to throw of the season. So maybe having a little more mobility with that calf is helping out Joey B. And Joe Mixon looks like a screaming buy right now. He's not scoring, but his usage is outstanding. He's got a snap share, a carry share, and a route share this year, all better than last year. So if somebody out there maybe isn't happy with Joe Mixon because he's not crossing you know, that gold stripe, maybe you make a trade for him.
1: Here's my question, though. To play a little bit devil's advocate, is this just who he is? Because it feels like since last year, Scott has been writing in the Everything Report, XFP Report, what I used to call it, that Joe Mixon is a screaming buy. Last year, he was was second in expected fantasy points and eighth in fantasy points per game. This year, he's top 10 in in expected fantasy points, but 24th in fantasy points per game. Is this just who
0: he is? I think that offensive line is a problem in, in Cincinnati. And I think when the injury happened to burrow, I, I kind of feel like the offense didn't know how to run. Like they didn't know what plays to even call. They were just lost because like, Oh my God, we can't just have Joe burrow drop back all the time. Like this is an offense I don't think that runs to be the, the identity of their offense. Like they run, they, they throw, and then they'll hopefully sprinkle in some passes here and there. So yeah, I, I don't see Mixon as more than anything, more like a high end RB two. I guess, or middle, of, but the role RB2. is
1: there. And like, we do love roles yeah. like, and, and that, that means like, what was it? Was it either last year or two years ago, he had like that 55 point game. Like those, yeah. those kind of blow ups can happen when a guy has a big role. Um, and also let me just point one thing out about with Burrow. Um, the most encouraging play I saw from him. I said this on Sunday during the game day show on Sirius XM. And I, I, have mentioned it on every podcast that I've done this week. The most encouraging play for me was on the Bengals first drive when he took a 15 yard sack. Because he's rolling to his left, he's jumping over defenders to try to avoid the sack, and that was moat movement that we just did not see from Joe Burrow so far this year. I was encouraged by that almost as much an, as I was, if not more so, than I was by the, the long bombs to Jamar Chase, who, again, is a slam-dunk wide receiver one, even if T. Higgins plays in this game.
0: You mentioned rolls, and... Coming out of a bye, maybe we can see a little bit of a role expansion for Jackson Smith and Jigba in this game. Uh, You know, in week four before the bye, he did see, uh, you know, his most routes of the season 75% of the team routes. He did see 23% of the targets. Those are encouraging numbers. But if they're running this 12 personnel, they're just not getting him involved. Like, you spent a high pick on this kid. Can we give him the damn ball? I had a guy, you know, in a home league dropped him.
1: Yeah, and I don't blame him. Like, when do you feel good about starting him? 12 catches for 62 yards. This is still a Metcalf and Lockett offense. You know, Njigba was a draft pick for the future. And, yeah, if he contributes anything this year, you know, I did an interview with Michael Sean Degar of The Athletic uh, for my Franchise Focus podcast series this offseason, and he said, like, 40 catches for 450 yards would be a good season. Wow. It's kind of looking like what it would be for Jackson Smith and Njigba right now.
0: here's a tale of two teams going completely opposite directions. The 49ers take the road after, you know, just demolishing the Cowboys, and they're going to go to Cleveland, where they are seven and a half point road favorites. So in this game, we've got the best team in the NFL, San Francisco, going against what I'll say is a top three, top five defense in the Browns. You know, not that that helped Dallas against this team, but we got no Deshaun Watson. I don't know what's happening here. They might be playing PJ Walker this week at quarterback. So a couple of things. I mean, what do you think just off the cup before I start breaking down the stats here about these two teams? I mean, you couldn't get two teams with different vibes. And it's supposed to rain on Sunday, by the way, too, um, which
1: could be sloppy. Um, I was re- I was more excited to watch this game when it looked like Deshaun Watson was going to play. Um. Deshaun Watson right now he's got a lot of time to make that uh the the trade look better um but he and Russell Wilson they're warning out for like worst quarterback trade of all time here this year Wilson's actually playing okay but I think just the vibes with the Broncos are down um but San Francisco and Cleveland this is a game where I wonder if Brock Purdy might start to look more mortal. Um it's a bad matchup, bad weather. He's played exceptionally well, but he's also had some good turnover luck. But on the on the brown side of the, the ledger, like how do you expect them to move the football, whether it's whether it's PJ Walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson? I mean, San Francisco's had the best defense in football so far this year. Cleveland's gonna have to go out there with with a quarterback who's pro who's not an NFL starter, at least not yet in DTRs. Mm-hmm. Um situation i just i don't expect them to score a whole lot of points drake the only way the browns have a chance in this
0: game i think is if they force turnovers and i'm not sure they're going to yeah which they haven't done all season for as good as the browns defense is in reality they've been a horrible fantasy defense well here's a nugget maybe they find a way to get the ball to amari cooper because if pj walker has to be the quarterback which is a possibility our guy, Jake Tribby, said no quarterback last year threw to their first read more than Walker. 82% of his throws last year went to his first read. So maybe if you're playing DFS, you got a lineup, you put Amari Cooper in there, nobody's going to want to play Amari Cooper. He's No one's going to own him in DFS. Somebody that might be owned, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. 35% first read share over the last two weeks. That's 27% better than any other 49er teammate. So, man, I love it because I got Ayuk on a couple of teams. Keep feeding him. Be- Even though George really Kittle good. scoring a million touchdowns, keep feeding him. Yeah, he's really good. Amari
1: um, Cooper, by the way, did not practice on Wednesday. You're listening to this on Friday, so you obviously have more information than we do at this point. Um, but that was just for rest. Um, they are like, uh, we we're already probably not going to have Deshaun Watson, so we can't lose Amari Cooper as well.
0: Let's go. Saints traveling to the Texans. Saints are one-point favorites here. Maybe no Tank Dell. Uh, he's been banged up, so Nico Collins could get four-some targets. The Saints defense, guys, is legit. Number one defense last week. They scored 25 points, depending on your system. Uh, if you need a defense, go over to fantasypoints.com. Check out my article on streaming defenses. I give you some season-long content. I give you some DFS plays, so check that out if you would. How about Elvin Kamars usage here? Holy mm-hmm. smokes. Per Barrett. Through two games, his XFP leads all players. 26.2% target share, Joe, getting tons of carries. I don't know if it keeps up. Maybe you want to have Kendra Miller stashed on a deep on a bench, but boy, Kamara looks great.
1: Yeah, he does. Um, RB1 kind of usage. Um, the Saints offense is starting to look a little bit better. Derek Carr should not have played two weeks ago. He looked a lot better last week. Chris Olave, by the way, kind of got dinged up in warmups last week. He hurt his toe. Um, I don't think there's anything to really worry about there, but he hasn't been very productive over the last couple weeks. Wonder uh, if he gets off on a better foot this week against the um, against the Texans. Now, my read on this game is very interesting. I want to see how the Texans are going to play offense. Through five weeks this year, The Houston has generated 0. .52 adjusted yards before contact per attempt on the ground, which is the worst in the NFL. Um, Damian Pierce has not had a game yet this year where he's averaged a full yard before contact. And based on some comments that Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator from the Texans, made this week, um, I wonder if a lot of that is Damian Pierce's fault. Here's, uh, here's what Bobby Slowick said. This is per uh, Aaron Wilson, who's covered the Texans for quite some time, um, who used to cover them for the Houston Chronicle. Quote, it's a very different run offense than what they had last year, I presume. It's everybody tied together. All of that impacts the back. There's little minute details in how we offset outside zone, inside zone. Some schemes a little, bit, little more familiar with DP. It is a process. I would say last game probably closest to having a good run game. I know what the stats are, but it was close. It was real close. Um, that's what he said. Now, the numbers do bear that out. Last week was his best game in terms of uh, yards before contact for rush attempt, 0.95, almost a full yard, which also coincided with the return of Laramie Tunsell and Titus Howard to the lineup. Nonetheless, I do wonder if he is much more of a gap scheme guy than a zone scheme guy, and Slowick wants to run a zone scheme, and the Saints allow a bottom five number of yards before contact in the NFL. It is not a great week for Damian Pierce, even though he has a great role for fantasy. On the flip side, they have the number two pass grade of the week in terms of our trench metrics. The Texans have run an almost completely neutral game script. They have a 0.2% pass rate over expectation, so they're basically throwing the ball exactly as much and when you'd expect them to. But given how well C.J. Stroud has played, Perhaps they should change something up. Also, look, looking back at Bobby Slowick's comments, the Saints pass rush has a league worst minus 3.91 pressure rate over expectation. I wonder if this could be a week where you kind of let them throw the football a little bit more, a little CJ Stroud.
0: Hey, uh, as a tank, uh, excuse me, as a, yeah, well, we don't tank Dell in the league, but as a guy heavily invested in Nico Collins, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I will gladly take anything that Mr. Collins can give me. Moving on here. Let's see what next on the docket. Oh, look at this. The Minshew revenge narrative. Indianapolis mm. heads to Jacksonville, where the Jags are four point home favorites. And a lot of talk this week about Josh Downs, slot receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. His target share 15% with Anthony Richardson, jumps to 24% under Minshew. If you want to play him, he's 4,100 on DraftKings. But Jeff, if you're going to talk about this Colts offense, it's the return uh, game two of Jonathan Taylor. I didn't, you know, see this coming with Zach Moss last week. I had both on a team. I put freaking JT in. He did nothing for me. And I got, I felt like a dope. Like, you know what? This guy hasn't had a camp. He hasn't done anything in practice. He literally just got there five minutes ago. Like, why wouldn't they keep rolling out Zach Moss? And the way Zach Moss yeah. looks, Joe, why would they take him off the field? Yeah, so how
1: about last week? And here's the part I didn't see. Now, Diana Rossini of The Athletic said, you know, look, they're going to work Jonathan Taylor in slowly, okay? So I wasn't, like, rushing to start Jonathan Taylor. Um for the, just the fourth time since the start of 2021, though, and the first in 2023, the Titans surrendered more than 100 yards on the ground, um, and Moss was the first individual 100-yard rusher against them since Saquon Barkley in week one of last season. Um, that was an incredible performance by Zach Moss and a great performance by the Colts offensive line. I do wonder if Moss didn't play close to as well as he did if we would have seen a little bit more Taylor in last week's game but why would he go away from Moss you know Um, you lost your quarterback during the game Moss is playing well You runs you to a victory I expect Zach Moss is probably going to start this game but I do think we're going to see a little more JT I have more of a RB2 flex relationship here for zach moss versus jonathan taylor this week eventually taylor was going to take over they did pay him all that money mm-hmm. but zach moss i do expect to be the first back to carry the football in this one
0: indianapolis colts have the number five rush grade in the offensive line defensive line metrics over at fantasy points data so uh our data says pretty good week for them to run the football the jags have been running the football pretty well with travis etn like a really true bell cow that we've always kind of hoped and dreamed he would be when we drafted he was
1: excellent last week he was fucking yeah. awesome i mean breaking tackles long runs he's getting receptions this year he's everything we 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 wanted him to be i do not have nearly enough E.T. Endrick.
0: since week four this is in jake Tribby's dfs study hall article his running back snap share is tops in the league so he's getting all of this volume He's second in carries in the league at 95. He's getting positive game script. And since last season, he's averaging 17.3 fantasy points per game as a favorite and just 9.9 as an underdog. Again, Jacksonville, four-point favorites at home this week. Might be a good time to fire up Travis Etienne.
1: I love it, man. I think this is a great t- spot.
0: It's always a great spot for
1: Etienne, but this is a good spot for him for DFS as well.
0: Carolina and Oof, one of the three worst offenses in the NFL, maybe outside That's of just bad. Adam Thielen, head to South Beach to take on what could be one of the best offenses in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins. 13 and a half is the line in this game. We don't see that a lot in the NFL, Joe. Uh, if you had to bet a side here, Miami or Carolina, do you, do you take in or given that 13 and a half? <laughs>
1: You're not getting me to give uh, to take 13 with Carolina. I'm not laying. I'm not laying money on Carolina. At the very least, the Panthers did show last week, though, when they're getting blown out, they can come and give you some garbage time production for you know Adam Thielen, little DJ Chark, maybe Jonathan Mingo gets involved a little bit down the stretch. But the big thing to watch for Carolina here. Um, if you need a running back this week, Miles Sanders, it doesn't look like he's going to play. Chuba Hubbard's out there. Um, You can argue Chuba Hubbard's been more effective than Miles Sanders anyway uh-huh. this year. So Chuba Hubbard, I think, is a viable RB2 this week flex option if you need him uh, against the Miami Dolphins. And maybe he gets a bunch of checkdowns uh, with Miami such a heavy favorite in this game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we shouldn't bury the lead here. There's no Devin a Chain anymore. uh, You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to just see Mostert? I mean, again, Mostert's 31. He's playing out of his mind right now. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to return. Salvin Ahmed back in the mix. Uh, So if you see one of those guys on the wire, which one are you prioritizing? And would you feel comfortable playing maybe a Jeff Wilson Jr. this week or next week when there's, what, seven teams off on a bye?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably more of a next week thing, but I know what what kind of situation some folks are in. Uh, Wilson is not going to create the big plays that most or of create. It's just not going to happen. But mm-hmm. here's the deal. Here's the key factor here. Miami has our number one rush grade of the week. Uh, They also have our highest pass grade of the week, which tells you how Carolina's defense has been. Carolina surrendered at least 130 non-scramble rush yards in every game this season, which puts most dirt squarely on the RB1 radar. And if you need Wilson as a flex, maybe, I mean, you're dying. You could throw Salman Ahmed out there. But Carolina's been gashed on the ground this year. They've been gashed in every way imaginable this year.
0: In the deepest of deep leagues that I'm in, I added Chris Brooks, Ooh. who is yeah I, you're telling me. Uh, so lighting a candle, saying a prayer. Here's a great stat that I dug up through all of the amazing work over at Fantasy Points. Tua is averaging 9.7 yards per attempt. That is the most since Kurt Warner in 2000. So mm. probably a great DFS spot. I mean, you could probably run, you know, a, a Miami double here. You go. Tua, if you want to go Tyreek, and, and she put Durham Smythe out there. I don't care. What's the waddle's got to break out. What's the surfing scene like in Miami? Uh, uh, I mean, you would think with the you know rock-hard six-pack that I have that I'm quite the surfer and beach bum, but uh, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, I don't like the beach at all, and I especially would not feel comfortable on the Miami beach. But what do you, what do you think of this, Drake?
0: The greatest show on surf. Oh, I like it. I like that a lot. You just come up with that? I just came up with it right now. Yes. Get it published so you can put it in an article right now. Tweet uh, it out. Uh, okay, yeah, let's uh, For the company I'm trademarking right
1: now. that. I'll make sure I tweet it out here uh, in a little bit. Um
0: thank guys nobody one, hears us until Friday.
1: <laughs> here's one of the things that um is interesting about Tua and just something to keep in mind here. Carolina's pass rush is utterly bizarre. When Carolina pressures quarterbacks, their time to pressure per fantasy points data is 2.21 seconds. That is the fastest in the NFL. But here is the problem. They get to the quarterback less than anybody on fewer percentage of dropbacks than anybody in the NFL. So when they do pressure, they get there quickly, but they don't get there quickly enough. But the thing here is when under pressure, Tua has a 10% turnover-worthy throw rate. That's number two highest to only Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFL. So, I mean... This has been the name of the game since the forward pass was invented, right? Mm-hmm. You get after the quarterback, you have a better chance to win. But that's really the secret to beating the Miami Dolphins. You get after the quarterback, and you can force Tua into mistakes. I know it's easier said than done, but certainly um, a uh, a really uh, illustrative stat there is how Tua puts the ball in harm's way when under pressure. I'm just not sure Carolina is the team that's going to get him under pressure. enough.
0: Oh, by the way their left tackle Teron armstead is now on injured reserve so yeah against better teams probably a bigger concern and and look brian
1: burns is a great pass rusher so maybe carolina forces a couple turnovers i just don't know uh if carolina has the offense to actually make this a game
0: this next game my god this is that spider-man gif you see on social media with the two spider-mans looking at each other Mm -hmm. the awful patriots offense goes up against their mirror image of awfulness in the Las Vegas Raiders. So these are two teams that just can't block anybody. And I don't want to start anybody on this Patriots offense, Joe, even Ramondre, if I don't uh, have to still bad. I mean, they're all, they scored three points in two,
1: no weeks. speed whatsoever. Um, I guess they got Taequann Thornton back in practice. Maybe he can actually run out there and be a can opener for them. Um, but I I just have no faith here. I actually picked the Raiders to win this game. That's how, and I thought coming into the year, the Raiders might be one of the teams in the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes, still might be. Um, But Jimmy Garoppolo at least gives them a functional offense. Um, The Raiders offensive line has actually done a decent job protecting the quarterback. Their minus 3.7 quarterback pressure rate over expectation allowed is fifth best in the NFL. And the Patriots are without Arguably their two best defensive players, Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. So if I had to pick one of these teams to score points, Drake, it's obviously the Raiders.
0: I said this the other day to Barrett. I want to see what you think of it. Jacoby Myers, if he didn't leave week uh, you know, what would he is like what week two? He got the concussion. If he didn't mm-hmm. have to miss that game, and, and he we would be talking about him right now, like he's Puka Nakua. Weeks one, week five. Top 10 PPR wide receiver. He is seeing over 35% of the targets in this offense in In good weeks when he's healthy. He's running around on nearly every play. Like Jacoby Myers is that dude you want to go out and get on your roster before the guy who owns him knows yeah. what he has in his back pocket. Yeah, because and he's, this is he's the a top 10 receiver right now.
1: This is a really narrow fantasy team. Right, This is one of those, there's three guys you can play. And in in a two-quarterback league, you can play Jimmy G. But in a a typical fantasy league, you're playing Jacobs, you're playing Adams, and you're playing Myers, and you're not even thinking about anybody else. Maybe keep an eye on what Michael Mayer does, uh, given the state of the tight end position, but those are the guys you want in this game.
0: Arizona heading over to SoFi to take on the L.A. Rams. Rams are a touchdown favorite. In this one, and uh the name on everyone's tongue right now, Imari De Mercado. So we want to see, can he take over this Arizona backfield? 10 for 45 last week in uh, coming in for James Conner. We, maybe we see Keontae Ingram. We'll see what happens with his neck. Damian Williams, Corey Clement, they're kicking around the practice squad. Did you win Mercado in any fab waiver bids this week? You saw me yawning there uh, about this this situation. Yeah,
1: I, I I got him in the flex leagues, um, uh, uh, of which I've won three of the last four years, Frank. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Humble brag. Um, Humble. Very. I needed him. Um, <laughs> I needed. Oh my god, uh, I needed him just because I had James Connor. Um, so I'm trying to keep. Uh, trying to keep good uh, appearances up. Yeah, I'm gonna play Di Mercado I, I do want to point out. Yes, the uh, the uh, official. Um a uh, depth chart which we know my relationship with official depth charts. I don't love uh them but he uh Keontae Ingram is listed as the starter there. So just keep that in mind. Keontae Ingram's listed as the starter um but I don't think uh Keontae Ingram is as good in the passing game as De Mercado is. I expect De Mercado to to put up some numbers in this one.
0: On the flip side, listen, the Rams have two wide receiver ones with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. I've got a team that I traded for Cooper Cup. I now start Cup and Nakua. I couldn't care less. I love it. Combined, these two have a 60. This is from week five. This is from Scott Barrett's Everything Report. 62% target share, and those two saw 66.7% of the first target reads for the Rams. What this has done, though, Joe, has really sunk the target share for Kyron Williams. He mm-hmm. went from fourteen percent the first four weeks to just five point four percent in week five against Philly. Maybe that's hey, you're playing Philly. they're a good defense, but uh I think you really gotta downgrade Kyron williams uh you know and it's not like you drafted or picked him up to be a starter anyways, but who Kyron watch yeah.
1: Uh, I, I mean, you downgrade him against a good defense, but his role is still pretty good. Um, I mm. consider him more of an RB, two though. But, yeah, I mean, he's not a great – I don't think he's a great player. He's just kind of a do-everything guy. Um, my guy, Fran Duffy, compared him to Kenny Gainwell uh, in, in the kind of player that he is, just the do-everything but not an explosive guy, and I kind of like that comparison for for Kyron Williams. And But right now, he's got volume, and volume is king in fantasy football.
0: So how about our boys? the Philly birds undefeated going to met life, not to battle the giants. No, no, they're going to take on the New York football jets and the fighting Zach Wilson's Eagles, six and a half point favorites, according to draft Kings sports book. So this comes down to a few things, Joe, can the Eagles move the ball on the jets? The jets allow the second fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So, you know, that's kind of where the birds have been living the last few weeks. And conversely, Can the Jets run on Philly? The Eagles allow the fewest running back points uh, in fantasy on the season. We know Brees Hall took over last week. He looked amazing, but he's got his work cut out for him. This to me sets up for a game. The Eagles are going to force Zach Wilson to throw the football. Their beat up offensive line is going to have to try to protect him, and he's going to make mistakes back there. And we're going to see, I'm calling one pick six for Philadelphia this week. Get ready, social media team, because you're going to be clipping this as the Eagles run it back and dance in the end zone.
1: I am not going to um, – uh, uh, well, no, I will acknowledge I was wrong. I said a couple of weeks ago I thought the Eagles were going to blow out the Commanders. I thought the Commanders came out with a great game plan. Let's put let, let's put this out there. I think the Eagles blow out the Jets this week. And, and I think I respect the Jets' defense incredibly much, uh, as you well know. Um, as I should respect their defense because it's awesome. I just don't think that defense is going to matter this week, Drake. I I think Zach Wilson's going to get eaten alive by this Eagles defense, and I think this might be the game where the Jets decide we're we're going to somebody else.
0: I want to see Sauce on AJ Brown because Sauce is great. He is already a top five corner mm-hmm. in the NFL. I want to see him. When AJ Brown's playing bully ball against him, because that is a grown ass man out there, uh, so that's going to be a fun one to watch. I wonder if they just, you know, I think he just kind of plays sides right now. If maybe he just uh, he hangs does out with, uh, with Devontae Smith. They,
1: if they put, um, if they put sauce on AJ Brown, or if the Eagles put AJ Brown on Sauce's side, you saw, you saw Nick Sirianni kind of huddling up with Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. last week hey you know this is your week to not get it done there's always an eagle who doesn't get it done right like a couple weeks yeah. ago it was A.J. Brown and it's been Goddard the entire season this is a Devontae Smith game in my opinion
0: do you feel any more confident with Dallas Goddard these yeah, days of course I do do
1: you so. know he's the only tight end to go over 100 yards receiving this
0: year really uh-huh. holy smokes
1: i, I like I, I I'm pretty sure that's still the case uh maybe hey maybe Travis Kelsey did it last night um we recorded this before Travis Kelsey did it, but uh <laughs> but yeah, so uh but yeah, Dallas Goddard, the first one this year.
0: Detroit heading down to Tampa, where Detroit is a three-point road favorite, likely without Jameer Gibbs. So we're gonna see more of Montgomery. Tampa Bay coming off the bye. I saw Mike Evans did a little bit of work on thursday uh you know we'll know more friday if you're listening to this kind of check social media see what's happening there detroit allowing the third fewest points to running backs so baker may have to drop back and try to win this game with his arm i love godwin this week what do you make of the lions and bucks
1: um i think this is a really fascinating matchup i like this matchup a lot um we want to see the status of of mike evans mike evans did not practice on wednesday or thursday um todd bowles said that he that it was uh Friday that was going to be the big game, uh, for the by the big practice for him to see if he was going to be able to play this week, um, and then of course the Lions have a lot of injuries in the secondary with Emmanuel Mosley going out for the year, but certainly uh, Drake a, um, a, a an intriguing matchup with Jared Goff playing basically as good a football as anybody is in the NFL. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. It looks like he's going to go this week. That's good news. Obviously for the lions. I want to see if Jamison Williams gets a little bit more involved. Uh, Jameer Gibbs did not practice on Thursday. You're right. It does not look like he's going to play.
0: The two primetime night games. I mean, these are real easy to, <laughs> to talk about giants at bills here. I, I can break this down. The giants stank. Daniel Jones probably oh, going to play so Abandon abandoned ship. The bills are going to do whatever they want.
1: Uh, like Drake. My mismatch report at Fantasy Points this week was 6,000. let me see here. Uh, Let me get my exact word count. 6,249 words. I cover every game in the NFL, okay? My God. 6,249 words. The Giants Bill section of mismatches was 752 of that. So I wrote, like... 15% of my article about the Giants and Bills game. There is a mismatch on every level of the football
0: in this game, and it's all in favor of the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, if you're playing a showdown slate, and again, get over to fantasypoints.com, use our code GURIFIC 25 It's going to save you 25% off an already discounted rest of the season price. Get in there, check out some of our great DFS content. We even have a DFS optimizer you can buy, Joe, right? Uh, we do last uh, week.
1: we do it's uh it's it's pr- a lot more affordable than some other optimizers if you're just kind of dabbling in DFS I think it's a good buy one thing I need to mention Drake on that Lions game uh, again we are recording this on Thursday Sam Laporta did not practice with a calf injury The Lions are a team that can be weird with the injury report but we never like that midweek downgrade the midweek downgrade is always kind of problematic and mm-hmm. Sam Laporta's been as good as there is for tight ends in fantasy football
0: so Giants Bills. Giants suck, start all your uh, all your bills. Same thing kind of goes here in the Sunday night, or the Monday night game, excuse me. Dallas at the Chargers, start everyone. That's basically the way this goes. Austin Eckler's coming back, excited to see him. Maybe we can get some more Quentin Johnston post-bye week. Uh, can Dallas have a normal game and get CeeDee Lamb and Pollard yeah, going? We, you know, this Chargers seen... defense has every star they can possibly imagine, and they stink.
1: We have not seen Dallas in a normal game. Nope. They've been challenged. They got punched in the mouth by the Cardinals. Embarrassing. They got challenged once by the 49ers, and they got punched in the mouth, the head, the neck, the nuts, wherever you want to punch them. <laughs> and the Chargers never play a normal game. So is this going to be an actual competitive Dallas game? I still don't know what Dallas is. I, From what I've seen so far, hard for me to call them a Super Bowl contender because the one time they have played a decent team, they got their asses kicked. But the Chargers are one of those teams who, are like, I don't know, you and me and nine of the guys on staff could go out there and find a way to to get the Chargers force them into the a game that goes down to the final possession. So <laughs> I'm really fascinated by this
0: one. How many how many rushing yards would our guy Adam Kaplan have as our starting running back in that game? No, it's a, uh, about 40 on 30 carries.
1: But uh, for some somehow he'd, he'd draw like a face mask penalty or something, and the Chargers
0: uh, would uh, hand us some points. Oh, it's ridiculous. Well, Joe, either congratulations on your Phillies moving on, or get ready for Game Five, uh, depending on what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we recorded
1: us. this uh, before because i'd I'd be I'd be a babbling mess either way as somebody who's either so um so cocky or so distraught. I was probably a little a
0: little bit more sound mind for this particular show. Uh, folks, I hope you have a great week six. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. Go over there to youtube.com slash fantasy points. So much incredible content being pumped out there. And again, follow me on Twitter at Drake fantasy. Joe is FG underscore Dolan. And we'll see you next week in the two point Stand. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast.